It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 27th, 2018. My name is Phil Prossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode, we'll talk all about the Magic's loss to the Golden State Warriors, a close loss that is both extremely disappointing, extremely encouraging, and extremely frustrating. It's what a loss should feel like, right? Especially a loss to a team as good as the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk all about that game and what transpired in the Magic's final appearance until the NBA Finals, of course, at Oracle Arena on Monday night. We'll also talk a little bit about another big issue in that game, probably a turning point in that game that no one's really talked, people are talking about it, but we're going to talk about it in a little bit more detail and give it the proper respect it deserves as we get through this West Coast road trip. Before we do any of that, though, I want to remind everyone they can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast that we're looking to hear what the Houston Rockets have to say about James Harden's 50-point game. Check out Locked On Rockets. If you want to hear the Warriors' perspective on, t- on Monday's game and what Kevin Durant's 49 points mean, check out Locked On Warriors. Looking to get a leg up on Wednesday's game against Portland Trailblazers, check out Locked On Blazers. There is a Locked On Podcast for every single person, every single team in the league. It's also Locked On NBA. I was a guest on the Locked On NBA podcast on Monday. Um, and it's also featured on their social media. Check that out as well. Um, you can check out all these great podcasts, Locked On NBA, Locked On Face Basketball, Locked On NBA Teams, by going onto iTunes and searching for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Remember, it's your team every single day. The Orlando Magic had a 17-point lead over the Golden State Warriors at halftime. They played perhaps the best half of basketball against an elite team that they played all season. And yes, the Golden State Warriors were without Stephen Curry and without Draymond Green. And while I think we all acknowledge that this Warriors team, as, as they showed in the second half of this game, this Warriors team is still the hands-on favorite to win the championship. There are some serious depth issues that are raising questions about this group. And injuries have not helped. And yeah, the Warriors certainly seem ripe for the picking. And the Magic picked them apart piece by piece by piece with brilliant off-ball movement, brilliant passing from DJ Augustin and Nikola Vucevic, brilliant defense from the whole team. It all worked. If the Magic are at their best, they will look like what they look like in the first half of this game. Terrence Ross still making shots for no reason. Not even needing Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon to make shots to take a big lead. It was beautiful. It was incredible. It was completely unexpected. The Magic played a great half of basketball. And really, the second half, they were not bad either. And honestly, I would argue... For the most part, they weren't bad on both ends. Although they only scored 
46 points in this in the second half should be good enough to win you most games with with the scores that the Magic had at halftime. But this is the Golden State Warriors. They still, even without two All-Stars and Stephen Curry and Draymond Green, and yeah, DeMarcus Cousins, you're still on the bench. Even without those star players, they still have the second best player in the world in Kevin Durant. They still have the best, second best shooter in the world in Klay Thompson. And against this championship team, if you leave a little sliver open, you give them the opportunity to take the game. And that's what the Magic did in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter and in this game. Kevin Durant finishing game with 49 points. Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant combining to score 32 of Golden State's 37 points in the fourth quarter. Yes, there were some questionable calls that certainly didn't go the Magic's way. A, a goaltend late that the Magic ended up scoring on anyway. A touch foul on, I think it was called on Nikola Vucevic, that gave Kevin Durant an and-one and a one-point lead. But the bottom line is, Golden State made the plays down the stretch. They made shots, tough shots for the most part. And the Magic were struggling to answer. As Stan Van Gundy would always say, this is a make-or-miss league. You can only put your players in the positions to make shots. And whether they make them or not will determine whether you win the game. Orlando got decent looks. Evan Fournier, I thought, missed a few open threes, a few decent looks, although he had an overall difficult game. Nikola Vucevic was force-fed in the post, and honestly, I hated the offense, but they kept feeding it to him, and he kept making shots. Terrence Ross was all over the court, making jumpers, making, making really tough shots all night long keeping the Magic offense afloat. But Orlando was unable to crack Golden State's defense. Their passes weren't crisp. Uh, Andre Iguodala was, was switched on to DJ Augustin, did a fantastic job after Augustin had nine assists in the game. And Orlando couldn't get the easy looks that they needed to get. Meanwhile, what seems like a difficult shot to Kevin Durant, it's actually not that difficult for Kevin Durant because he's Kevin Durant. And despite Jonathan Isaac's best efforts to defend him, to contest shots, Durant was making it. Despite Jonathan Simmons and Evan Fournier's best chances of getting around screens to contest shots, Clay Thompson was draining shots. And while Orlando was able to expand their lead to as much as 18 in the third quarter, when the Warriors got things going, especially Durant, when Durant got things going, there was no stopping the train. And eventually Golden State was going to find themselves back in this one trailing by four after three quarters, after a 32-19 third quarter, in which I think they finished on a 15-2 run. It was a game from there. A game that Orlando was just trying to keep up, keep pace, because even their best defensive efforts, and honestly, I thought Orlando played a really strong defensive game, was not enough. Because they gave up 37 points in the fourth quarter, with 32 coming to two of the best players in the entire league. And so when Kevin Durant, up one with less than a minute to play, about 30 seconds to play actually, rose up over Jonathan Isaac. His outstretched hand to contest that shot because he's got long enough arms, was guarding against the drive, but couldn't get, couldn't get into Durant's space enough to, to change his shot. Maybe no one can. Durant draining a three to put the Warriors up four with 20 seconds left. 
pretty much your ball game. The Golden State Warriors win 116-110. to 110. Orlando can certainly point to a lot of things. The officiating certainly not one of them for why they lost this game. In the end, they end up shooting just 36.4% from the floor. I'm sorry, that's their second half. That's their second half stats. Um, Orlando in their Orlando only shooting 36.4% in the second half, eight for 22 for the game for the half. 44.4%. That might have been the fourth quarter stats. I apologize. I had, had the wrong screen up. Orlando ends up shooting just 44.4% for the game. They give up 10 offensive rebounds, leading to 14 second chance points. They give up 20 fast break points only scoring nine on their end. And while Golden State was sloppy with 15 points, 15 turnovers, leading to 16 Orlando points, Orlando did not help themselves either. In moments where Golden State was sloppy in the second half, the Magic were sloppy right back, unable to take advantage and expand their lead. 11 turnovers for the Magic in the game, leading to 15 Warriors points, essentially breaking even. If you leave a little sliver open for this Golden State Warriors team, they will take it if they want it. And Kevin Durant wanted it at the end of this game. Yeah, maybe Orlando can take some solace that they took the the NBA NBA heavyweights, the NBA favorites, to the limit, requiring superhuman efforts from both Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant to win this game. But we're not in that business anymore, if we ever were. When you're up 18 and you have control of the game, you need to win, home or road. Now, there were maybe some extenuating circumstances. The Magic looked tired on the end of a back-to-back. You could see the fatigue and the way their offense slowed to a crawl in that fourth quarter. The ball movement, the player movement, that the energy of that player movement, the pace of that movement died off toward the end of the game. There's no doubt about that. It was easy to see. The quality of the shots, the difficulty of the shots, the quality of the shots for the Magic went down, the difficulty of the shots went up, and even though some of them went in, the Magic were relying very heavily on Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross to carry them to the finish. It didn't help that Aaron Gordon left the game in the third quarter with a sore back. Did not return, forcing Jonathan Isaac to play 30 minutes in the game for the first time in his career. And Isaac held his own. He did his best. Because you could see the fatigue of having to guard Kevin Durant. Having to match him minute for minute down the stretch. Laid on him. Especially kind of considering that he still needs to add some strength. Durant was able to muscle him around. And that fatigue's probably why Isaac hung back a little too far. Maybe just a half inch. Maybe not even that. To contest that three from Kevin Durant. Orlando... Didn't seem like they were taking the loss hard in a good way. It felt like they left one on the board, but I think it, the, the general vibe I got from watching the post game was the Magic tipped their caps to what the Warriors did and what the Warriors did to them, and said, "We got beat today, but we can certainly recover tomorrow." And the Magic do get that opportunity to recover against another one of the Western Conference's elite and the Portland Trailblazers on Wednesday as this road trip continues.
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's run through the final stats of today's game. Really some interesting performances, really strong performances from the Orlando Magic. Like I said, despite the loss, this was one of the best games Magic have played all season. At least the first half was. The second half was probably about their average. And again, their average is not good enough to beat this Warriors team. And obviously, that was clear. Um, But they gave themselves a chance to win. And again, I think that's, in some respects on the road, that's all you can ask for. But like I said, Blowing a big lead is never a good thing. Magic have blown several big leads. It is a continuing trend for the team uh, and something that they still have to correct and learn from. They still have to learn how to close and finish games in the second half. They, I think the Magic are still learning how to play a full 48-minute game. Um, it's going to be difficult. It's still something that, that a young team like the Magic, a young team that hasn't won a lot, has to learn. They're not, you know, I would say this too, they're not succumbing to the same kind of traps that we saw last year and in years before where the team makes a run and they kind of panic and wilt and it ends up being really bad. Instead, what I think we're seeing is the Magic kind of fight back. You know, we see the resilience is a word that's being used a lot about this team. A little bit of grit is being used as well. Um, they don't have all the pieces. You know, maybe they don't have the know-how to finish these games, but they don't quit on it. They, they still fight back. They still give themselves a chance to win. Uh, and again, that I think that is a, a step forward, not a full step forward, but a step forward for this group. And and, and I th- obviously, we've kind of seen some of the results sitting at 10 and 11. The Magic are picking up wins. The Magic are um, making progress, and we're seeing that. So hopefully that, that continues. But let's run through some final stats for you. Nikola Vucevic, another all-star caliber game. 30 points, 12 for 21 shooting, 12 rebounds, 6 assists for him. Uh, toward the end of the game, the Magic simply just gave the ball to Nikola Vucevic and cleared out. It was all Nikola Vucevic all the time. And, and I saw... Some Warriors fans saying, man, teams are thinking you can just post up Damian James or Kevin, Kevin, Kevon Looney, and they can't hold their own. They're, they're treating them like they're, they're a weakness. And that wasn't the case in this game. They, they played good defense. But Nikola Vucevic made some really tough shots. Uh, he, again, reads the defense really well. He had a great pass toward the end of the game uh, to get DJ Augustin a three that helped tie the game, keep the magic in it, really give, some, give the offense a little bit of life. Um, but... When the Magic run things through Vucevic, good things happen. Um, he's he's just so good at, A, catching the ball, passing it to the right guy on, on target, uh, and then moving and setting screens really quickly and, and making the right reads on screen and rolls. And, and he got a lot of open shots. He got a lot of good looks in this game. And the Warriors couldn't defend him. The Warriors had no answer for him. Um, they, they eventually started doubling him straight up, uh, forcing him to make you know more difficult passes, but forcing the ball out of his hands. Um, and that worked to the Magic's advantage. He only had one turnover in the game, and it was, you know, off of a uh, one one uh, double team. Um, Vucevic is playing at a really high level. Vucevic is playing like an Eastern Conference All Star. I, I mean, if you if you had to vote Eastern Conference All Stars today, if you're not putting Nikola Vucevic on your ballot, you're doing it wrong. Um, he is playing some extremely good basketball. Another really strong game for him. Another really strong game as well off the bench for Terrence Ross. Twenty eight points, nine for fifteen shooting, four for six from beyond the arc, six for seven from the foul line. Um, got fouled on three separate three-point attempts of two of them and ones. 
Um, Ross is just a flamethrower right now. Anything he puts up at the basket, you expect to go in. His his shot is so quick. His jump is so quick. His release so quick that he catches defenders off balance. And he's just able to, to just stop on a dime and shoot um, from anywhere on the floor and, and is just an accurate shooter anywhere anywhere on the floor. And, you know, it, it got to the point where the Magic were just feeding the ball to Ross to, to create offense when, when they were stuck. Um, and it's been this way for a while with that second unit, at least, that Ross just creates offense out of nothing. And, and that's that's a huge, huge deal for the Magic. Another notable performance, Jonathan Isaac, 15 points, 5 for 9 shooting, 3 for 3 from beyond the arc, 4 rebounds for him. Um, one steal, the steal was incredible, uh, just, a, just a great play, really sparked the magic in the third quarter. Um, Isaac scored 11 of his 15 points in the third quarter in a nice run, and, 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 and it was like when the Warriors made their first push, they cut it down to, I think, 11 or 13, and Isaac was face-guarding Kevin Durant, literally face-guarding him, and reached back and stole the ball from Damian Jaynes, uh, and went out in transition, and got uh, an and one. It was an incredible play. It came right after he hit his first three-pointer. So it was six points just like that. So quick. Uh, and Isaac was confident with his shot. Um, he was he was really active around the basket. Um, you know, I thought he played really strong defense on Kevin Durant. I don't think it's a... I think it's a matchup he will eventually be able to take care of. But not one he should be taking care of full-time quite yet. Um, Isaac had to play 30 minutes in this game with Aaron Gordon um, going out with a back injury. Aaron Gordon only played 21-59, so he was, Gordon was on pace to play close to 35, 36 minutes. And uh, even though Isaac was is still supposedly on his minutes restriction, um, that Magic had to play with. They had no choice. If they wanted to win this game, Isaac needed to be on the floor. You could see the fatigue late in the game. Um, you know, the, the Clifford tried to steal him some breaks uh, when Durant was out, but... You know, Durant's on another level. Isaac isn't there yet. He'll get there. I thought Isaac did a good job challenging uh, and trying to make life hard for Kevin Durant, but um, clearly not enough for him there yet. But um, good signs from Isaac all night long. Uh, I don't think I don't think this is this is a game that that people should be too upset about uh, when it comes to to Jonathan Isaac. Um, there were a lot of iffy performances as well, but I'll start here. Jonathan Simmons entered the starting lineup uh, for Wesselwandu, two for six for the game, through six points. Four assists for him. Um, he continues to struggle with a shot, but his defense on Clay Thompson, especially in the first half, was really, really good. Um, he did a good job sticking with him on screens and, and chasing him around around those cuts. And um, you know, while his offense is still leaving a lot to be desired, um, he is playing really, really well. I mean, he he just brings an added level of toughness and grit to this team that that they, they don't really get from anyone else. Like, he he's just a really determined player, and the Magic need that. The Magic need that extra love, that extra layer, that extra level, uh, and so they're getting it from Jonathan Simmons, and, and you know, it's still hard to figure out what his minutes should be with his offense really being very poor. I mean, there's no way I think I can get around it. He is just not shooting the ball or, or scoring effectively, um, but his defense has been back to the levels that we were accustomed to, I think, uh, from his days in San Antonio, uh, what we thought we'd be getting from him, and so a strong effort from him. A couple of the poor performances to note, Evan Fournier, 4 for 14, 1 for 5 shooting, um, 9 points for him, uh, did make a 3, so he continued to streak there of, of making sure he has at least one three every three games with the Magic. Um, Fournier, his shot was just off. Um, you know, Steve Clifford hinted after the game that, that Fournier is playing hurt right now, 
claimed that he was hobbling around, but still praised his defense on Clay Thompson toward the end of the game. Thompson just got into a rhythm and made contested shots. And, and I would agree with some of those shots late in the game. I thought Orlando could have made one adjustment to, to bring Vucevic up a little bit closer to try and to try and crowd that shooter and get him just to take another beat. Um, that never happened. Vucevic still kind of hung back to protect the paint. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I don't think... I thought Fournier did a good job on Thompson for the most part. He's chasing him a little bit too much, but... Um, if he's hurt, obviously that that that's a factor. Uh, but overall, Fournier's shot just seems off. Um, you know, he's not making shots that you expect him to make. He, we know he's a good shooter. We know that he can hit open spot up jumpers. We know he can hit that little escape dribble jumper that he has. We know that he can be effective in the pick and rolls. Um, and and teams respect him still as they should. Um, that he's just not making shots right now. And, and I think Fournier is unfortunately reacting to that the wrong way sometimes. Sometimes. It feels like he is forcing his offense, trying to just drive into the lane without much direction or much purpose or breaking up plays to try and find his own offense. And, and really, right now, he needs to be more of a facilitator and, and, and use that in prison-proof passing to get others involved, to keep the ball moving. He's, he's the one guy in that starting lineup, at least, who seems to pause a beat when he gets the ball and, and let the defense reset. And really, that can't happen. He's got to attack almost immediately off the catch uh, and try and catch the defense while they're rotating. Uh, he's really good at that typically, um, but he's, he's struggling a little bit right now to find his shot and, and find his confidence, and you can kind of see that with how he plays as well. Um, the guy we're going to talk about in a little bit more detail here coming up, uh, Aaron Gordon, 0 for 6, 0 for 2 from the floor, 4 rebounds for him, not a strong offensive game, but a team high plus 11, and I'll explain why that's such a big deal for Aaron Gordon and why his absence really may have cost the Orlando Magic this game. But before we do that, I do have to, to, to say a few words from, from our sponsor here today, Action Heat. We live in Florida, but I have it on good authority that a cold front is on the way. It's watching, watching the news, and oh boy, the low on Wednesday, the low on Tuesday, the low on Thursday. Who can say 40s? Get your white tarps out. Put them over the plants to protect them from the cold. Because the cold front is here. Winter is, well, not winter. Not quite winter. Because this is still Florida. Because it'll still get into the 70s and 60s during the day. But at night, it's going to get a little chilly. And this product, I think, will help any Floridian get through those cold, cold 40-degree nights. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. You can control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. Love those things. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by five rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone, or any other gadget while you're wearing them. That's pretty awesome. It's perfect for any friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors if you're going out skiing or snowboarding or anybody that loves the outdoors or hates being cold. And since we all live, since, you know, at least I live in Florida, I don't mind the cold. I went to school in Chicago, but my mom gets under 70. She's putting on the sweater, cuddling up on a blanket. I know plenty of people who just do not like the cold. That's why they live in Florida. So this product is probably for you for the next three or four days. Action Heat Clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heating, heated jackets, 
socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. Don't think Floridians have to wear those very often, but you know, you never know. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. Action Heat is available in men's and women's and has great new styles and models just released for this winter season. Make your winter activities or just walking the dog outside in the cold more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm even in the most frigid winter weather. Prepare for this cold front. We get our three days under 30, our seven days under 40. It's coming. Winter's coming. The cold front is coming. Stay warm with Action Heat. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Aaron Gordon's stat line on on Wednesday night isn't the stat line you expect from Aaron Gordon. Certainly for the Magic to win games and the Magic to be successful, they need Aaron Gordon scoring up around 16, 17 points per game. They need him to be active and engaged offensively and efficiently engaged offensively. So it's really odd to say that Aaron Gordon shooting 0 for 6, going 0 for 2 from beyond the arc, failing to score was one of the most impactful players in the game. Especially considering that in that first half, when Gordon was largely in the game, Kevin Durant still scored 20 points. It's Kevin Durant. He's going to do that. It's that he shot 7 for 16. That's interesting. Because despite Gordon's poor offensive output, I thought he still had one of the most effective games of his season. Called to the plate to defend Kevin Durant, the second best player in the world, a day after defending LeBron James, the best player in the world. Two guys where you simply do the best you can. You don't worry about stopping them. You just try to slow them down enough. And in both cases, Gordon did just that. Gordon made an impact in Wednesday's game, even without scoring. And for a young player who has, frankly, a little bit of a history of trying to do too much, of trying to score too much, especially in big games, in big matchups, to see Gordon make that kind of an impact and recognize that his offense wasn't there, that, you know, taking, I thought he took good shots and just missed them. To do all that is a huge sign of growth for him. And frankly, the game changed when Gordon left. Or more precisely, the game changed when Gordon didn't come back. Because Isaac was doing great on Durant. But Isaac can't be playing 30 minutes yet. Not against a player of Durant's caliber. He needed the help. He needed the breather. 
Aaron Gordon probably did not. The kind of shots that Kevin Durant was getting would have been a lot tougher with Aaron Gordon on him. And that's no slight to Jonathan Isaac. Isaac's still learning the NBA. He's still essentially a rookie. A very advanced rookie. A very good rookie. But a rookie nonetheless. Gordon understands a lot of these tricks of the trade. Of defending these elite players. And so far this year, he's shown that his defense is among the best in the league. Or certainly the best for the Magic. He's already got 0.7 defensive win shares according to basketballreference.com. The same amount as his rookie year. He makes a positive impact defensively. Yes, he's playing with some strong Magic lineups, but the Magic have a roughly 106 defensive rating with Gordon on the floor, which is well below the team's overall average. But it's not just that. It's not just the fact that Steve Clifford said Aaron, that the goal for Aaron Gordon is to be on the all-defensive team this year. I don't know if he's there yet, but he's made a very strong case, and he's certainly proven himself to be the Magic's best defender. No. All this is to say that Gordon knows what he can do offensively, but that doesn't dictate his play. It's a big thing for a young player to learn, and honestly, even early in the season this year, Gordon looked like he was falling into some of the traps that he fell into last year as he tried to figure out just how far his offensive game could go. Now you can see how he's patient, how he waits for his opportunity, how he picks his spots, how he lets the offense come to him, not through him. And when he has it going, he pours it on. But you see his impact in other areas with his rebounding, with his passing. His numbers are way up this year. And you see it most especially with his defensive intensity and effort. Did a great job limiting Kawhi Leonard last week. Did a great job helping force LeBron James into six turnovers on Sunday. While LeBron still had a very strong game, he's LeBron James. And he left Kevin Durant inefficient and down 17 despite a 20-point first-half effort. Again, this game seemed to change because Aaron Gordon did not come back. That's a sign of of, of a good player, of a quality player. That Gordon can impact the game without scoring. It's something I've often I often say about college players because most players coming into the draft were their team's best scores. And the question I always have is: there are so few guys that are going to get the ball in their hands all the time. So the question is always: what do you do when you don't score? What can you provide the team as a role player when you don't score? Now Gordon is someone that can score. He is someone that will have the ball in his hands and will get a lot of the scoring responsibility. But the question always remains, what can you provide when you're not scoring? The great players find something that that can answer that question. Gordon is slowly discovering the answer to that question. He's slowly getting better at that. And Steve Clifford has said it many times, and I'm sure he would say it today. It's hard for me to take Aaron Gordon off the floor. He does so many things good for our team. Whether it's a hustle rebound, whether it's a hustle play, whether it's a defensive stop, whether it's a strong defensive effort, whether it's that dunk, whether it's running out in transition, whether it's a number of things. There's a reason Gordon gets so many minutes because it's hard to take him off the floor. 
Just like it's hard to take Nikola Vucevic off the floor right now because he does so many things important. These are our two most important players on the Magic. And the Magic certainly missed him at the end of Monday's game. And the Magic certainly hope to have him back Wednesday because if they want to upset the Portland Trailblazers, if they want to beat one of the best teams in the Western Conference, they're going to need Aaron Gordon and that energy and, yeah, that scoring ability to get it done. Because to beat these elite teams, you need intangibles. You need guys who play roles. And if it's your best player setting that example and playing that role, then you're certainly doing something right. And Aaron Gordon, the big evolution in his game this year is what he does when he isn't scoring. It's been impressive. It was impressive Wednesday night or Monday night and certainly the Magic wish they could have seen a little bit more. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Tomorrow, we'll do our, um, our first quarter of the season review. We'll name our first quarter MVP. I'm sure you can guess who that will be. And look at five big questions for the Orlando Magic entering the second quarter of the season. Take us to the midway point of the year sometime in January for the next 20 games or so. 21 games in, Magic 10 and 11. Pretty much where we all thought, maybe. Probably a little bit better, actually. Um, Tough schedule to start off the season. The Magic have done very, very well. So we'll recap the first quarter of the season on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic, so be sure to tune into that. But until then... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.